You're listening to Blaze, the go-to podcast for trailblazing entrepreneurs and anyone passionate about doing business differently. My name is Megan, and together with my guests, I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you the conversations that normally happen behind closed doors. We're sharing practical tips, no BS advice, and inspiring stories to remind you that no matter where you are on your business journey, you're not in this alone. Welcome to our community. Welcome to the Blaze Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. Today's conversation is a juicy one. We are talking about relationships and specifically how to build and maintain better relationships as an entrepreneur. I'm joined by the lovely Karina Daves, a relationship coach who teaches women how to enjoy more satisfying partnerships. Leveraging her experience as a former social worker and adjunct professor of women's studies, Karina teaches women how to strategically evaluate their personal identity, values, and standards so that they can elevate their relationships and themselves. Her work has grown close to 250,000 followers across social media, and her videos have reached close to 25 million people this month alone. And we are getting into all the things today. Karina sharing real talk on what it's like to be the breadwinner in her relationship, the most important step most of us forget to do before bringing partners or family members on board into our businesses, how to retire your husband, how to deal with family members who have no clue what you do in your online business, and how we can all be more proactive about making time for the people that matter most. Whether you're single or in a relationship, whether you work with your loved ones or not, or if you just want to feel more supported and understood, this episode is for you. Thank you so much for joining me today, Karina. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Megan. I'm so happy to be here. I want to start with a bit of background on you and how you got into this field. So tell me about your origin story. How did you get into relationship coaching? What were you doing before? And when did you decide to start your own business? Yeah, such a good question. So I actually was a social worker for over a decade, specifically working in higher education and administration. And about, I want to say in 2017 or 16, I went through about two years of a lot of health issues. I broke my foot at a party, karaoke, and had surgery. Yeah, it was crazy. I lost 80% of my hearing for some time due to a crazy infection. You know, three of our cars were told in front of our house. My husband got Lyme's disease. My son almost died during a very routine ear surgery. My gosh, all the things. (laughs) Yes. And then I got a persistent infection in my body, which caused me to live with a drain in my body for almost two years. And it was one of those situations where you just retract and you kind of go into your cave and you start to really look around at your life because there's so much loss per se, right? And when I did sort of an analyzation of my life, I realized that there were a lot of relationships and habits that no longer served me and were borderline toxic. And so I started with many of my friendships, pruning many of my friendships. And I started also thinking, what about me is also not right and affecting my marriage, right? And before this, my husband and I had gone through um, couples therapy. We had done individual therapy and we had made the decision that whatever we were doing for our marriage had to be something drastically different than what our families had done. And so that's why we entered therapy. And so throughout that time, when I finally got to float up and catch my breath and was no longer ill, 
I started a podcast and a blog called One Day at a Time at the time. And the blog and podcast flourished and turned into the business that y'all see today. But I would say that relationships was the pinnacle of what changed everything. Like when I could get a pulse on my relationships, my friendships, my romantic relationship, and what was happening, it said a lot about who I was as a person and where I wanted to be. Yeah, what an incredible story. You know, to have that wake up call, I think sometimes that's what we need to really step back and reevaluate our life and think about what's most important, like is what you said, yeah. you know, our relationships, our family, our friendships. So when did you go from the podcast and the blog to then coaching clients and helping them in their relationships? So I I was pregnant with my son Levi. He was born in November of 2019. In October of 2019, the very room that I'm recording in was a storage room. Everybody has that one room where they just throw a whole bunch of crap in. That was this room. And so I was walking around not nesting, which is what you're supposed to be doing. And I was walking around my house and I felt God call me into this room. So I opened up the door and I felt God tell me, clean out this room because it will be a room where it will help many women. It will be a lab specifically to help many women. And I'm like, what? So then I hired a painter, I threw everything out and it was just like this blank canvas. We went to Ikea, we got this like kitchen board, kitchen countertop board and two little desks and my husband bought me a mic and he was like, I was like, maybe I should start a podcast. So I started a podcast and originally what I wanted to do was tell stories for women that it was possible to have a satisfying relationship and also a satisfying career or business. And I felt like I could do that through a podcast and through telling stories. And so I did that from, I launched in April of 2020, before I even knew the pandemic was a thing. And when that happened, it was, it just like took off and I loved interviewing. I loved having guests on. And that summer, a good friend of mine was like, you know, you should think about coaching and all of that. And so she hooked me up with a marketing expert and her and I were talking and I was asking her for help with my blog. And she was like, Karina, like you're really good at the information that you do. You should start doing Instagram lives. And I was like, no, 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 no. And she was like, it's just like the classroom. So she had known that I was actually a professor for five years teaching women gender studies. And so she was like, it's just the same thing, teaching. And so one of my first Instagram lives later on happened to be about friendships, toxic friendships, creating boundaries. And after that, she said, you know, just like social work, you do focus groups. So you should do a focus group where you just, you know, test out four clients and potential clients and see what they do. So I asked four of my friends if I could life coach them for four weeks one-on-one um, -on -one calls with me for like $50. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. This is such a good like entrepreneurial yeah. type of story. And I was just like, okay, at $50, you know, I didn't make a lot of money. I sent them everything and I coached them for four weeks. Well, throughout that time, Megan, I also made sure that I was doing the scary stuff, which is like showing up because for the two years that I was sick, I wasn't on social media. Mm. So when I came back on social media, I was like, why are people selling? Like we were supposed to just share pictures. Yeah, what is this? <laughs> yeah, what is this? And so I had hired help to be like, what is all this stuff? And so they were like, you know, you're so good at talking. You're so good on video. Like you should really do lives. And so anyways, as I'm doing the focus group, I get this idea. 
to do this series called uh, the marriage series. And I kind of recruit my husband and I'm like, do this marriage series with me. We'll do a live once a week and we'll do top four problems that exist in marriage. So we did one about like independence in relationships. We did one called like, are you cheating on me? That was actually about hobbies and how like when your partner has a hobby, it feels like they're cheating on you because you're spending so much time with their hobby. Ooh, yeah, that's good. And a whole bunch of other stuff like how to argue correctly, like all this stuff. And it blew up and it blew my mind because at the time I had only had maybe 400, 300 followers. Like I had, I was very much a baby on Instagram. And I was like, wow, people really resonate with this material. And so that was the click for me. And the moment where I was like, I need to do something with this, regardless if I have a nine to five. And so that January, I ended up joining, who's now my good friend, Janice Torres. She had a, she still has a group called Side Hustle. So Side Hustle Kit for entrepreneurs that currently have a nine to five and how do you start a business with a nine to five? So that's how it started. I love that. I love seeing all the different elements of your background come together in that way, right? The social work, the being a professor and teaching and showing up on video. That's something that, you know, being an entrepreneur and being on social media, like you said, was totally new to you after you'd taken a break for a couple of years, but you obviously made it work pretty successfully very quickly. <laughs> so it all came together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about how did you choose to specialize and like start thinking about working with entrepreneurs in particular? And, you know, that's what our audience is. They're all business mm -hmm. owners, whether in the side hustle phase or or scaling up? And then what are some particular relationship struggles or just like areas of tension you see in those types of relationships? Oh, such a good question. So interestingly enough, my clients just by accident end up being entrepreneurs. Like mm. it wasn't even that I was focusing just on them. It just ended up happening. And it was as if I had opened up this can of worms of all these other things that people were struggling with. And, and I would say the top issues that entrepreneurs struggle with are a couple. So number one, they struggle with a lot of tension with their identity. So what happens is when you become an entrepreneur, especially like us as women, like we have to enter a different identity, right? What I call like the hefa, the boss identity, right? Like you're in your office and you're just like searching, researching, writing, like I got this and you're changing your thoughts and your mindset and you're sort of in this like boss type of energy. And then you open up the door to your office and you go into the kitchen and your partner's there <laughs> and you're still very much in that energy. And they feel that like they're not idiots. They've been with you for a very long time. They know you. And what happens in these moments is your partner may become insecure about where you stand. So they're not like jealous. They're just like insecure and wondering if this entrepreneur identity that you're now shifting to also still wants to be with them. And that's one of the biggest things is just confirmation that your partner, that you still want to be with them, that you still love them, right? Yeah. The second biggest issue that I've seen in entrepreneurs is that they want their partners to also be entrepreneurs. And, you know, that just comes because you love them. Like you see the benefit of entrepreneurship. Megan's laughing. You see <laughs> yeah. the entrepreneurship, you see the benefit. And you're thinking to yourself, if we only did this together, it would be so good. Um, yes, we would be unstoppable power couple yes we would be a power couple we could take over the world like it would just be epic and then you start thinking like not only for now your mind is like for generations to come like now we can do this together and your partner's looking at you like baby i i didn't sign up for this like 
you signed up for this. I signed up to be on the sidelines for to give you some Gatorade when you were taking a break to come over to me, you know, like and give you orange slices. Like I didn't sign up to be on the field with you. And what happens is there's a lot of tension because then in your mind, you you will start having thoughts of like, well, my partner's lazy. They never want to do anything. And it's not that. It's what I tell my clients, a framework that I came up with, which is like, I just want you to be in the let them be energy. Mm. Okay. Let your partners be. God has a purpose for them. And what amazing story would it be to just be the, the role model, right? For now, usually they may open something up, but not at the force of your hand. So those are, I would say, the top two issues that I've seen. I have many more, but those are the top two that come to mind. Yeah, that's super interesting. I could definitely see a little bit of both of those in my own life, my my entrepreneur <laughs> friends as well. Even in friendships, I found, especially in the early stages of my business, I was definitely that person who was kind of lovingly pushing my friends who were not in the entrepreneurial mm. space, like, hey, you should do this thing, you know, go for the side hustle, start this other thing on the side. Like, <laughs> what about working for yourself? What about going freelance? And something I've learned is that as much as I love being an entrepreneur, it's definitely not for everyone. So you have to yeah. respect other people's life path. And they may get there on their own, like you said, one day but you don't want to push them into anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because think about yourself. Like you wouldn't want to be forced. Like it's one thing to have a conversation about it and it's another thing to feel like you're you're being forced into something. Yeah. And the identity piece as well is so big, especially for a lot of the women in our community. They may be an entrepreneur and a business owner and their partner is not. And they might even be mm-hmm. out earning their partner. So that adds a whole yeah. new dynamic that might be new for a lot of people in partnership. So what do you say to the female entrepreneur who's listening, who is the breadwinner for her family and navigating that identity piece? Yeah. So what I want to say to y'all is I'm with you. I'm also the head of household. And I think for us, we've had to define what breadwinner and head of household means. And let me explain that for a second. So for us, we're very much tied to our faith. And I think that while my paycheck tells the world that, yes, I earn more money than my husband, for us, the head of household is our faith is God, right? And having to make that decision of like, okay, obviously, like, yes, the world says that I am, you know, the head of the household, but in our in our hearts, like God is the head of our household, right? And then two, I think that clearing up a lot of tension is going to help you make more money. <laughs> and this is what I want to share for every single entrepreneur listening. If you and your partner right now are having issues or any type of tension because you are the breadwinner, it is very important to solve for that because it is going to create blockages for your creativity and your creativity is required for you to make money in your business. If that is what is happening right now, what I want to offer you is for you and your partner to start having conversations about your money values. I want you to start fantasizing again about what money means to both of you. What did you watch money being spent on growing up? What do you believe is good, a good idea to spend money on? And what do you believe is not a good idea to spend money on, right? And also, what are you going to do with all this money? Are we sharing it? Are we splitting it by a certain percentage? What are we doing? It's very important to start defining that even before you become the breadwinner, right? As you anticipate it, right? Because the less tension that you have in your marriage because of this issue, the more money that you will make. And I need you to make money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, tension decreases income for sure. And I think that's important to keep in mind. It's something that's holding you back, whether it's something you're actively arguing about or just kind of that underlying, you know, simmering long-term tension. And I love what you said about 
from the outside looking in, you are the breadwinner based on paper, based on the money that's coming in. But that really is something that you decide, like privately in your house. Come, like you and your mm-hmm. partner know and your family. Like you said, like for you, it's your faith. But, you know, for anyone listening, it doesn't necessarily have to be. It's just something that's, you know, internal for you to figure out as a family as opposed to the outside looking in. Yeah, so good. I would love to know as well, there's some women listening to this who their partner is either involved in the business with them or happens to be an entrepreneur as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe they run a business, a separate business. What are the common you know, struggles or things that come up in that type of relationship where you're both entrepreneurs because that adds a whole new dynamic there might be like some competitive vibes going on yeah (laughs) I love this so I did an episode on my podcast called boundaries with your husband and it was so good because I basically gave this analogy that your partner if you've ever been you know at the club at night or if you've ever gone to a nightclub your partner is the security guard outside of the nightclub checking your wallets or your purses and checking your body to make sure that you are not a threat to yourself or anybody else inside of the nightclub. Inside of the nightclub is your business. So what happens, especially when you both are entrepreneurs, is that your partner is going to have ideas about your business and it's going to feel like they are shooting you down. It is going to feel like you're not good enough, like you're a piece of crap, but all they're doing is being that security guard in that moment making sure that you're not a threat to anybody else. And a lot of couples will start to argue in this phase because they will become extremely sensitive and offended when uh, they start to have these conversations with their partner. But just understand that your partner is just trying to protect you. And also they're curious, right? And sometimes curiosity doesn't sound like curiosity. It sounds like judgment, right? And so it's important for you to lean back in and say, hey, I'm feeling some type of way about this. Are you just curious or, you know, am I being judged because I'm very protective of my business and I also value what you have to say because I love you and because I've watched you build your own business. And so I'm just looking for, you know, more clarity here. Like what type of conversation, what angle are we having this conversation with? Yeah, I like that reframe. What angle are we coming in from here to make just making sure you're on the same page before getting into the weeds of that type of conversation for sure. So a lot of people in this community either have the goal or maybe they already have retired their partner. And so they've given their partner the option to either stop working or to come on board in the business and join them Mm. in their business, which adds a whole new layer of dynamic now if one of you is the boss of the other one. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like a romantic relationship. I know lots of entrepreneurs that have brought on family members or close personal friends. I work with my sister. So do you have any advice for us who are in that like working on the same team in the same business? business with our loved ones? Yeah, such a good question. One, I would I would offer making sure that whoever you've retired wanted that. Mm. And here's why. If they didn't, there's going to be a little bit of resentment built there. And so it's very important that that was not only a goal for you, but a desire for them. Right. And so when they started working with you, was it a desire for them or or are they working with you because they just want to help you? Mm. It's very different energy. If you're trying to grow something and expand on something, am I doing this because I want to help you and because I want to, I love you? Or am I doing this because I desire to do it? That's the tough conversation I want you to have with the close people, your friends, your family members, your loved ones that you're working with, straight up asking them, like, Is this something you desire or do you just want to make me happy? Because a lot of the times when there are bigger issues, nobody's had these initial conversations first. 
And so that's my first piece of advice. The second piece of advice is knowing that this person is going to not only grow with your business, but they are going to grow as individuals, as you will too. Which means that the person that started out working with you five years ago is going to develop into a different person five years down the line, right? And so they're going to be more knowledgeable about the business. They're going to have more ideas. They may have came into the business really much being, you know, a follower to you. And five years in, they have opinions. They want to lead in a different way. They want to take the they may want to take the business in a different direction. And so it's it's really talking about what is the relationship standing on? Like, is this a partnership? Is this somebody just helping you out? Or are we really two partners that have same amount of equity in this business, not just financially, but voice-wise? Yeah. And you should want that. You know, if you do want your partner or someone to be actively involved in your company, whether they're like a 50-50 partner or just a, a supportive team member, you should want them to eventually have enough of a stake to bring their own ideas to the table too. Mm-hmm. So important. So is that a conversation you're having like, before you ever bring them on board? And how can we make sure? Because, you know, that's such a good point. You <laughs> said we don't ask, right? We just assume. Mm-hmm. And it kind of comes back to that belief that we are assuming everyone should be an entrepreneur. We're assuming that everyone yeah. would want to join the team. So how can we make sure or can we or is that something they have to figure out on their own? That they're really in it for them versus just wanting to support us. Yeah, I think it's it's really important to have that conversation because okay, here's what I'll say. This is I'll give you the exact way I had it with my husband. So, I think this was last year I woke up and I was like I would love my husband to be in my business. <laughs> you know, we always wake up like that. And so, I was like, but how? You know, he uh is actually a race car driver and I have no idea how to align race car driving with coaching, but it, I was like, I can make this work. He also loves photography. So I approached him and I was like, honey, I had this idea. That's how it always starts. <laughs> it's always – yeah, it's always – I was, I was like, I have this idea. I was just thinking like, do you still have a passion for photography? So instead of leading with my business, I was very much caring more about him. Mm. I was like, do you still have a passion for photography? And he was like – yeah, that, I mean, I guess if I had to. And in that moment, I was like, okay, it's really not for him. And he was like, why? And I was like, I just had an idea. Like, what if you were like my official photo person or whatever and all these other areas? Like, would that be something you would enjoy? And he was like, kind of. But like, it's not like he wasn't really passionate about it. And I, you know, your partner, you know, if you push a little bit harder, they'll do stuff because they love you. Right. And so it's very important in those moments to lead with that's how you lead a conversation from the angle of their desire versus your desire. So from that, I was able to tell that he really wouldn't have been happy. And I was like, all right, well, if I think of something else, I'll call you. (laughs) (laughs) If an open position comes up, we will be in touch. (laughs) Yes. Uh, that is so good. Leading with their desire rather than yours. Oh, it's so hard to do, but I love that <laughs> reframe. I think this can be really helpful for a lot of people. Oh, so yeah, so and for good. me and my business, my sister originally just started just helping with my bookkeeping. And that was something that I knew she's dreamed to be, you know, a bookkeeper. She'd always <laughs> been interested in that. And something does not interest me. So I was like, hey, how would you feel about this uh-huh. opportunity? Just kind of testing the waters, I think, yeah. is important rather than just pitching it to them of like, hey, this is the job that I think you'd be great at you should do it yeah so good what about so we talked about you know 
you as the breadwinner being kind of the boss in this situation for women who do successfully bring on, whether it's partners, friends, family members onto their team, how can we kind of maintain the boundaries there? Once someone's on board and they're working with you in a professional capacity, how are you managing that and balancing that with a personal relationship? Like, what does that look like? Do you have any tips for maintaining those boundaries? Yeah. You know, here's the thing. There's a big difference between, I'll say two things about boundaries. One, We've been taught in the last, I would say, two, three years that boundaries are disrespectful in the sense that like they're super hard and like they can make people feel like crap and you don't necessarily have to be that, right? And the second thing I want to offer about boundaries is there's a big difference between boundaries and privacy, right? Privacy is like you are withholding information, whereas boundaries, you're just drawing the line and for me as an entrepreneur, when I think about boundaries with my partner, with my people who have you know businesses with people that they love, I would say that you started this thing. You started this company, you started this business, and it is something that you need to protect, right? And that is what boundaries are for. Boundaries are a form of protection. They protect you as a person, they protect your privacy, and they protect your purpose. And your purpose that you that the world has given you right now is to build this beautiful business. And so there are very loving ways to create boundaries in your relationship and still be, you know, working at it together. Whereas, for example, if you are in a co-meeting, you're you're meeting together about your strategies for 2024. And you know that in order to, to you know, succeed in quarter one, you need to do, I don't know, your sales a certain way, right? And this other person says, actually, I think I need to do it. We need to do it this way. You can hear them out. Absolutely, you can hear them out. And you can, but then you still have the final say. You can say, you know what? That's a good idea, but we're still going to try it that way. That's a soft boundary right there. That's you in your mind saying to yourself, this isn't best for my business, but I got gave them the chance to hear them out. You weren't disrespectful about it. You were open about it. But then you still as CEO decided to make the decision and kept to the values of your business that you started. And it's most important to you because at the end of the day, you got the vision for your business. Not anybody else. You did, right? Like it was your dream that you woke up with in the middle of the night. It's what keeps you going. It's what fills you up. It's what will continue knocking in your gut if you ever stop it. It's you, right? It's yours. It's your baby. So you better protect it. I love that. You can hear them out without sacrificing your vision and your final saying, maybe they have a brilliant idea and you want to incorporate it. But I think, you know, just sticking to your guns and that can be hard for some people, especially if it's a partner, you know, like you want to make them happy and you're in life, they're your 50-50 partner. And in the business, you're the boss. It's kind of a a difficult dynamic to wrap your head around. But I love that idea of hearing them, but then maybe taking a a step back to really think about what you want and what's best for the business. Yeah. And I have a really quick example of that. When most people start their businesses, it feels like your partner is your partner in business because they're the ones that you're running to. You don't have Mm -hmm. mentorship yet. You know, you haven't been exposed to like the coaching industry where you could hire a bit like business coach. Like it's not open yet. Right. And so they are your soundboard. And so I remember when I started making reels and I was making very performative reels that were very trendy. And I remember praying about it and the Lord telling me, do not follow the algorithm. That's how you will follow. That's how you will reach many people if you don't follow the algorithm and all these trends. And I was like, well, that's awkward because that's how everybody else is literally reaching people. And so I remember my husband walked in and I was editing a video and I was like, 
honey, what do you think of this video? And he was like, I really think that you should add a Drake song to it. And I was like, what? And he was like, that will reach many people. A lot of people like Drake. And I was like, yeah, but like, even though I like Drake, like this video doesn't go with Drake. And we had this big back and forth. And he was like, well, I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> and I was like, I know, I just, that's just not my vision. Like, I just, I don't think I should be doing this for like trends or for the numbers. And he was like, well, you would be able to make more money and reach more people that way. And that's just his brain going off with ideas for my business. Mm -hmm. But I had already known and gotten the gut sense that I wasn't going to reach the right people, like the people that I was needing to help if I didn't do it my way, which I did, which was just like not do the popular songs and all of that. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just start making videos in my car yeah. on the way to work at the train station. And now three years later, here we are. And it worked. God was on to something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You have to listen to that, whether it, it's faith-based for you. For some people, it's like just that inner intuition or like their own gut yeah. feeling. Like whatever it is, you have to pay attention to that, which can be hard. But I think it's a really good skill to practice and to learn that ability to say, thank you so much for that idea. Yeah. I know you're trying to help and I'm going to take that into consideration, but I'm going to do this thing anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about, you know, what happens when you get into business with friends, family, your partner, but I want to also speak to the entrepreneur listening to this and she's maybe working solo in her business or like with a small team, but no one in her real life is involved in the business or she doesn't have mm -hmm. entrepreneurs in her own life, like her partner's not involved, her family's not involved and they're supportive, hopefully, but she doesn't have someone who, you know, truly understands what that's like, the day-to-day -day of, of running a business and the kind of stress and pressure yeah. that comes with that. What would you say to her or do you have any tips for that entrepreneur who's like maybe feeling a bit lonely because her, her friends and her partner don't understand that? Yeah, here's the thing. I get you. I get you, girl. I'm right there with you. Nobody in my immediate family is also an entrepreneur. My entire family probably thinks I'm crazy, right? Because I get on camera. I literally have family all, I'm originally from Peru. I have all this family in Peru that like, like my videos and make comments and you know, they probably think I'm crazy for doing what I do, right? This is what I would offer you. You need to find your people. You need to find your community because that loneliness can hinder your creativity, can hinder, you know, your mood and all of those other things. And the excitement of entrepreneurship is only going to take us so far. But when we get into the circles of community of other women that are doing the same thing that we are, it excites us even more. It gives us hope. Hope is like something you can't see. Faith and hope. I was just journaling about this with God. Like I was like, I can't see it, but you want me to have it, you know? And so... You need community to really build up your hope and your faith in this thing that you're feeling called to do. And you're going to get that from having a community. And listen, when you start getting to these communities and some of them are programs or containers that you may have to pay for, people are going to think that you are crazy, okay? But they just don't know what they don't know. And you do not need to explain yourself because again, like I told Megan, it is your dream. It is your vision. And nobody knows your business like you do. Okay. And you don't need to over explain yourself. When I get around family, they don't even want to know about my business. They actually just want to know about the videos, which is pretty interesting <laughs> to me. You know, and I'm like, you know, there's a whole business behind all these videos, right? Like the videos is just how I sell. You're just an influencer to them. <laughs> yes, exactly. You got it right. I am just an influencer to them. They don't know that there's a whole behind the scenes 
and neither do the people that you love. Mm. The people that you love do not know the behind the scenes, which is why they can't support you the way that you want to be supported. And you need to be able to understand that support looks differently. And support doesn't mean that people have to understand what you're doing. For example, the crazy thing that my husband does, which is race car driving, I do not understand. I do not understand how somebody would just want to risk their life having four children, having a whole family, having everything at stake. I don't get it. When I look at the car, I have no idea what I'm looking at. I don't understand it. But you better believe I am at the racetrack with snacks, with orange slices, with Gatorade, with whatever it is that my partner tells me is the best way that I can support him. But I obviously can't support him by knowing all the information, but I can support him in the way that he needs me to, which for now is to just show up. You need to be able to practice and really think about how the people that you love that are around you while you're building this business by yourself, how you want them to support you and be able to identify what that means and then communicate that to them. Yeah, it's so true. I love that. Is there a way, like, is that on us partly then to communicate that, right? And to think about what does that look like for you? And again, I love what you said about it's not your job to make them understand. It's just their job to, you know, show up and support you regardless and for you to do the same for them because it's a two-way street. Absolutely. Absolutely. Believe me, I need to post more pictures of me at the racetrack. I have no idea what I'm doing. No idea what I'm looking at. I'm literally walking by hundreds and thousands of dollars right? And I don't even know that, like, unless somebody tells me I could care less. Like, I didn't even know. I Listen, I didn't even know my husband was famous <laughs> until I went to the racetrack. And I was like, who are these people? Yeah, who are these people? My husband has groupies. And he's, he's <laughs> such a big deal that he ended up buying like a trucker's headset with like a little microphone attached to his lips because he would he's just on the phone all the time talking to people, giving advice. And don't you know, as an entrepreneur, I was like, he needs to monetize that. And I I told him one day, I was like, listen, like, you know, you could literally charge like $300 for a 90 minute call on how to build your car in a budget, right? My husband was like, yeah, but I don't want to. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, that's like, okay, it is what it is. I tried. It's your choice. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, it's, it's so your hard choice. to bite your tongue. <laughs> yes, but I let it go. I let it be. And I was like, whatever. You know, you could keep giving your advice for free, whatever. Yeah. And it's interesting because two years later, my husband's been building for about six, seven years. This year, he actually took a little bit of my advice and he was like, honey, I'm building somebody's like twin turbo. And it, it ended up being, I think around like a three, $4,000 job which took about like two weeks to do. And he was like, wow. He said something like high sales or like high ticket offer. Like this is a high ticket offer. I'm like, yes, it's a high ticket. That's what I was trying to tell you. I told you so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a serious self-restraint for you to let him go. And you know, he got there on his own. Like we talked about, it took a couple yeah. years, but he made it there. <laughs> I have one last thing I want to pick your brain on before we get into our bonus round and start to wrap up. But I want to talk about how we can maintain and like nurture those long-term relationships those really important people that are in our lives, whether it's friends, family, partners, how can we make time for that as entrepreneurs? Because one thing I see over and over again is that when things get busy in business, whether it's like the startup Mm -hmm. phase or just a really busy season, that is one of the first things to go is that quality time with your partner or with your family. Mm -hmm. The other thing is probably your health, but I think relationships are even more crucial just to have that connection. So do you have any advice or any tips you can share with us on that? Yeah, you're asking such great questions. Like literally. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> so good. 
this is what I want to say. When you start your business, your business will reflect back to you the relationships in your life. Mm -hmm. When you start a business, you are going to want your ride or die circle. Now, that is the circle of people that are there for you, regardless if this is a season that you pour into them. And that is very important. Do you feel like you're constantly trying to convince people of the value of your offer? Or maybe you struggle with actually making the ask and inviting people to work with you because you don't want to feel pushy. I have been there and let me tell you, there is an easier way to run your business. For years, I have been obsessed with helping my clients increase conversions and make more money in a way that feels good to them and their customers. Now I've created a free resource to help you do the same. Conversion Crash Course is my new two-week email series to help you close more sales in just two minutes a day. This is not your average PDF freebie. These are short and sweet emails, they're fun, they're actionable, and they are designed to help you land more clients and better serve your current ones. And the best part is 100% free. I had so much fun creating this email series and I know you're going to love it too. So go and sign up for free at megansmythe.com conversion or head to the link in the show notes. I remember my first year of business, people feeling, you know, offended that I didn't spend as much time with them. And they didn't understand what I was doing. No matter how much I explained it, as much as I tried, there wasn't this understanding. And that is because it is going to be very difficult to surrender each other. And what I mean by that is that it is a very special friend that can be 100% happy for you. That is all that it boils down to. It is very difficult to also be 100% happy for somebody, but to have a friend or a person be 100% happy for you is what is required during that first year or two or five years that you are building your business. You are going, especially if you have an online business where you show up on social media, your business will show you your friends, the ones that get offended because you show up on social media but didn't respond to their texts. And it wasn't intentionally. It's because the way you're thinking about it is I want to make sure that they get the best energy of me so I'm not ready to respond to this text. But my business right now does require this energy and I can do it, right? Like you're in that creative mode. And so it is going to require you to surrender people and sit back and watch who can be there for you because I say this because if you – as you're building your business, worry a lot about making sure that everybody is okay while you're building this big thing, you are going to fall into the trap of people pleasing and you are going to want to make everybody else happy in your circle and you are not going to get as ahead as you should have if you just understood and surrendered your friends. I didn't say let go. I said surrendered and let them be. Now, the second piece of advice is you can talk about it. Have a brunch. Have a meeting. If these are close people to you, call them up and say, hey, I know we talk on the phone every single day. I'm not saying we're not going to do that. I'm just saying I got this idea and I want to start it. I don't know who I'll become. I don't know what it will look like. And the way that you can support me is just by being there for me if I need you. Okay. But know that if I tend to not be as present as I usually am, it's not because we're breaking up or anything's wrong. If there is something wrong between us, I will call you and let you know that there's something wrong. But if there's not, like we're good, okay? It's also having those types of friends that 
when they see you do something or they see they weren't invited to something, don't automatically assume that they did something wrong. Like it's a lot, but it starts with one, surrendering them and two, having that conversation. So, so good. I love, especially the brunch idea, I have to say any excuse to go to brunch, but just having that conversation, I think is such a key step that a lot of us miss. I think sometimes we tend to go into like our little hermit cave and we're working on something and accidentally ghost people. And then everyone's like, where are you? Like, what, did I do something yeah. wrong? Are we upset? It's like, oh no, I was just working. But you forgot to give people that heads up, which I think is yeah. so important. The right people, like you said, will be happy for you and totally supportive. And they'll be there when you come out the other side of that. Exactly. And one final note I want to say, when you do find those people, do not let them go because they're so priceless. Yeah. Don't let them go. I have like three friends left. <laughs> Honestly. I feel you. I was like, <laughs> you know what? The older I get, the fewer close relationships I maintain. And that is to say nothing bad about the people that I'm no longer close with. But I'm like, yeah. girl, you only have time for so many, so many relationships. Yeah. So shout yeah. out to Alana and Charlotte if you're listening to this. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> and listen, there are going to be days where you are going to want to burn down your business. Oh, yeah. It's just is. Everybody wakes up thinking, I'm just going to burn this down and start over again. And so you need certain people that you can call. Very quick story before we go. Yeah. I, this was, I don't remember when this was, but I had that feeling that I thought I should just burn down my business. And I called my husband. My husband picked up. I heard his voice. And immediately my brain said, he cannot help you. He can only listen. And I said, honey, I will call you back. And he was like, it sounds like you're crying. And I was like, I'll be fine. And I hung up and I called uh, somebody else that I knew would coach me through the business um, issues that I had. And I was on the phone with her mm. for about 30 minutes. And she was like, have you thought about this? Well, what about this? Yeah. What you really actually need to think about is this and the growth of this. But you're so worried about this thing. And that's not really moving the needle for you. So I want you to more so focus on this. And I was like, oh, that's the real problem, right? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Hung up the phone. Called by my husband. And he was like, hey. And I was like, yeah. We're all good. <laughs> yeah, we're all good. I was just crying about something, but I got it fixed. And he was like, wow. And he wasn't offended. He was just like, whoever can help you the best, call that person. I love that. You need both. You need the people in your quote unquote real life outside the business to disconnect and get away from it with. But you need people in the business space too that you can lean on and go to for that support. Yeah. Lovely. Karina, thank you so much. We're going to start to wrap up now with our savor and celebrate bonus round. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. What is something you've been savoring lately? Peruvian food. Ooh, tell me more. What kind? I love Peruvian food. You do? I do. <laughs> well, I'm Peruvian and I love Peruvian food. Um, I would say ceviche, arroz con pollo, papara huancaina, lomo saltao, mm -hmm. which, listen, Everybody loves Lomo Saltao. Stop ordering it from the restaurant because it literally costs like $10 to make at home. It's just soy sauce, garlic, salt, pepper, tomatoes, onions, and meat. I'm going to tell you mine would not be as good. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I really, really love food. So that's what I'm savoring. Oh. I love it. I appreciate the tips. I had Peruvian food for the first time. So I, I live, unfortunately, in a very <laughs> undiverse white town with not a lot of great food options. And so I love experiencing new foods when I travel. And it was actually in California that I had Peruvian food for the first time. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, changed my life. So I always look out now if I find a Peruvian place. <laughs> Good. Okay. Second question. What's your favorite way to celebrate? Sleeping. No. <laughs> That's a valid answer. <laughs> um, my favorite way to celebrate is doing it with my family. You know, I think for a lot of people, it's very different. I find a lot of comfort in doing it with 
celebrating with my family because, you know, a lot of people ask, like, how do you do it? One thing we rarely talk about is the fact that I still have a nine to five in tech and my job requires me to travel a lot. And I have this business and I have my kids and my partner, but I couldn't do it without them. Like, there is so much strategy and logistics that go into planning our day and our meals and care for our children and schools and meetings and everything that I could not do this alone. And so for me, I like to celebrate with my family. That's lovely. What do you guys like to do together? Usually go eat. <laughs> back to the food. I've seen the food. Yeah, back to the food. Yeah, yeah. That's this fair. is a trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go eat like at a new place or just spend time together. I know like last month we went uh, snow tubing and, and that was kind of oh, fun. So and so, yeah, so we had a good time, but yeah. Lovely. Okay, last question. What's a win you celebrated recently? It can be big, small, business, or personal. I almost hit six figures in my business. And so that was a big one for me. Yeah, that was a very big win for me. I was very proud of it. I went to two back-to-back -back trips to Brazil uh, for work in October and November. And I think that the last two quarters can be can feel like a lot of pressure. And um, I was feeling kind of doubtful. And I really coached myself on those thoughts. And I was celebrating that, wow, like, I can't believe like, you know, there's so many days I forget, not that I forget that I'm a mom, but I don't want to say that. But I think it's unbelievable to me sometimes that I could have these roles and still build something that is a movement, yeah. you know, and that is really helping people. So for me, a recent celebration was almost hitting six figures. Yeah. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for joining me today and sharing all your wisdom. This has been so much fun. Yes, it's so much fun. And listen, if you're listening and you know that this is a period in your entrepreneurship journey where you need support and you want to work with me to figure out how to relieve that tension, decrease that tension in your relationship so that you can increase your intimacy, increase the sales that you're making in your business, whatever it is, I want to work with you. I primarily live on TikTok and Instagram. TikTok is a different being. Do not get involved in the comments. It's just wild out there. Um, but you can go to the link in my bio and book a sales call so we can talk about everything that's happened so far, what you've tried and how I can help. I can't wait to meet you. And my handle is Karina F as in Frank Daves. Yeah, that's me. And you've got a podcast as well, if you want to shout that out. Yes, yes I have a podcast. Um, it's called Relationships You Understand. And that is a tagline that I use in the majority of my videos as a relationship coach and a speaker and a podcast host of That Dope Podcast. Awesome. I will make sure all the links are in the show notes. So if you're listening, you can find them super easily. And Karina, thank you so much again for joining me. Thank you, Megan. This was fun. Hey Trailblazer, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help spread the word? Share it with a friend, tell your mastermind group, take a screenshot and post it on stories. I'm at copy by Meg on Instagram. If you want to tag me or just come say hi, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember fortune favors the bold, but success favors the stubborn. Keep going, girl. You got this.